Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Social Antics, week 23. Dave, how are Did you? Did you not come up with a more interesting intro? I, you? I, Every I, week it's the same thing over. Hi guys, welcome to Social Antics. You come up with something better. I'm not the introduction person. That's your job. <laughs> you, you pawned that job off. Yeah, I pawned off of that, Jay, yeah, absolutely. What do you look after each week? Uh, all the research, <laughs> all the news items. That's your job. And then I pass it back to you then for editing. Very good, very good. Good week? I had an interesting week. Interesting. I had a fight with the post office. <laughs> I swear to God, I had a fight with the post Down office. Down the list on what I'd expect you. No, or I, had a, I had a fight with the post office. So a company that I'm working with, we posted... Post office or postman? No, 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 post office. All right, okay. Um, oh, no, the, the institution, not the agents right, of the actually institution. Actually on post. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. So Straight no, we can office. We can't name the post. It could be any post office. Oh, okay. But um, posted a group of letters to... Um, a group of companies as you do during the normal course of doing the business yeah, no, an email no a, a, a letter is more personable plus we didn't have the email addresses so the <laughs> so basically sent out the, the the letters got an email off on post saying your letters are too heavy now come on your letters are too heavy come fuck you like their letters like I mean how heavy could they possibly be so basically saying that Joe, you need to you need to pay us was a hundred quid or whatever the story was because of the extra weight of the letters. Must be pretty heavy letters. Oh, heavy, very heavy letters. Only the loads, finest, loads of brown only, envelopes. Only the <laughs> finest. What's the tog value equivalent in paper? I, I don't know because I use email. That's grand, but anyway, environmentally so, friendly and all that. So rang up the um, the lovely woman from uh, the post office, and uh, I can't remember her name. Susan, we'll call her. So Susan answered the phone. She could be Karen by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, I said, what's the story? She explained it's overweight, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fucking wasn't, but I'm not arguing with you over 100 quid. Can I pay it over the phone? She said, no, you can't pay it over the phone. I was like, right, you're not paying it over the phone. So how would you like me to pay this weight levy that you are placing on uh, on this organisation? And she said, you've got to buy stamps and post them. To the post office. Stop. She wanted me to fucking buy a fucking group of envelope, a group of fucking stamps, put them in a fucking envelope, and post stamps to the fucking post office. So you cost yourself another postage stamp by the end of. I swear to God, I was there going. I was there going. What sort of insane Orwellian dystopian reality are we living in? Where the only way to solve this crisis was to post stamps to the post office? So I said, right. I'm not doing that. Is there another <laughs> option here? And she said, she said, um, oh, you can send a postal order. I know what the fuck postal order was. I've <laughs> never heard of it in my life. I know what it was. I was like, is this some sort of like telegram type scenario? So basically it's, you go into the post office and you basically tell them to write a check on your behalf and someone can cast a check. I swear, an ordeal. An ordeal I had. And that was only last, that was only last fucking Wednesday. Moral of the story. 
Letters got posted anyway. Okay. We got business off. We got business off them. We pay back the hundred. Yeah, we paid back the hundred quid. Oh, every multiple times over. It's mad when you are dealing with um, the the old style companies like that. Like, and it's just stuck in their way. No, that's not wrong. That's not old style. style that's like, fucking know, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Post yeah. stamps to the post office, like. But while anyway. you're in there, surely you could have just paid off the hundred quid. Like, <laughs> no, I tried. I couldn't. They wouldn't let me. They had. I had to go to a specific... No, no, no. Hang on here now. It gets fucking even worse. <laughs> so the post... I wasn't even going to go into this, but now that we're deep in conversation right. about marketing, apparently. Oh. Um, so we'll the, the, the post was put into a post box in Cork and was going to a number of Cork businesses. That post was then sent up to fucking Port Leash because the Cork sorting office is closed at the moment. So... Not only it would have been quicker for me to deliver it myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> Between it going up to Port Leash, coming back, oh, I can't, fuck it, never again, anyway. Never get, again. Get the emails next time. I'll get the emails the next time, man. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. A, but, good, um, a good week apart from that. Interesting though. strategy, though, because people won't open an email. They think it's spam, or you won't get someone's personal Everyone email. Everyone likes getting a letter. People, people open a letter. You won't leave a letter if it's got a stamp on it. Did you hand or in this did you case, hand right the front of it? a stamp with a big stamp on it, an actual like a rubber stamp saying "unpaid now, mail." Now you're talking about post. I for the first time yesterday oh, was no, no. We we'll keep on the subject while we're on it. Um, yesterday, actually, I noticed for the first time in a long time, I got a load of spam. You know, flyers in the post box. It was the first time I've noticed in a long oh, time. Junk mail. Know, a local shipper, some fellas selling windows. They work, to be fair. I don't, they're straight in the bin. Oh, and, no, they work. I like them. The amount of, the one that gets me the whole time, I can't remember which charity is, is yours, is your Simon's Simmons the Post, one of those charities. And they send out, I used to, I remember it was actually about a year or two ago, I was kind of noticing them. And it was like two, if not three times a year, you know, to win a car or be entered in some draw. But like this was a printed branded envelope you know a good lot of pages inside in it uh, um, I think it was either a, yeah, a paid envelope back or whatever it was because you know it's advertising exactly. when you open but it. I'm like as a charity how much money have you put into this campaign like it's not it's not yeah but if it works well it's not coming to me because I signed up to something this is going to every household oh yeah but sure you can do mail drop campaigns Those oh are no very I know popular. but like I just don't think they work at all once that sort of stuff comes into my my house gone oh it? no some of that stuff I'm telling you now you underestimate the public and I'm not going to say their willingness to give to charity because it's not part of it <laughs> but they think that they can win that car they think that they can have their their hair flowing as they're driving down the dual carriageway in their Nissan Micra or whatever year it was I'm telling you people people enter in raffles no, I don't. But you done one a few years ago, but it wasn't a raffle. It was more so. No, it was a raffle. We, we raffled house. But it wasn't. But you didn't gather that way in terms of you didn't gather people to put. You actually like advertised online and stuff. Oh yeah, we used. You didn't do any traditional kind of stuff, did you? Oh no, we did billboards and we did bus shelters and that type of thing. The billboards. As well. uh, we did radio. Did a lot of radio. Um, <clears throat> the I mean, look, it's very cynical and all this but look ultimately you want to sell raffles for houses what are you going to do advertise on daft.ie to people who are desperately clamouring for property like do you know what I mean it was mm. a very manipulative but look that's that's the game that you're playing and it went to good cause went to three local sports organisations raised like three Shout quarters out. of a million quid or something like that Shout out. I'm bad oh absolutely <laughs> Um, anyone, no. anyone raffling a house come get me anything else forget about it I actually think I've seen one recently is it going into Cargoline or something like that there's a there's a big raffle for a local charity I think they're doing a house or something a car or something like that but once again you mentioned billboards there to me when there's so many in a row or whatever they're just washed I don't I don't. they need it. to stand out it's like think of it think of it as products on a shelf 
if they're all the same, you don't pay attention to yeah. them. But if you're if you stand it out properly, it will stand out. So, like if you looked at um, the campaign that we were running at the time, you'd ask them like, who's go- who are we going to be next? Yeah. Like, and you look at the colors, black, gray, black, and then we had a big green billboard yeah, yeah. with win a house on it. Yeah, people will pay attention to course, it. Like, you yeah. know, it does work. Like, and yeah. um, but it's going back to. Again, classic marketing 101. If you take one lesson from marketing, it's attention economy. Attention, mm. attention, attention. And when you're talking about attention, it's not, are you exciting? It's, are you exciting in comparison to what's next year? Mm. And that's what grabs attention, you know? When you say attention economy. How did we get onto this in the post office? I don't know. I haven't a clue. You mentioned attention economy, though. That was brought back. Um, I was in the talk a few years ago about... Um, uh, was wide eye media, so they look after all the oh, cinemas, cinemas, yeah, cinemas yeah, in yeah. Ireland. They were them actually, um, and it was it was interesting. They were kind of given the stats, but it was they, the one line that stuck with me for the whole thing was that it's basically it's the only uninterrupted form of media because you're not meant to be doing anything but watching the screen, and you're literally eating popcorn. Eating popcorn is the only thing that's going Shift to distract you. Next year, leave that too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to tell any stories? <laughs> no, I'm not 16 anymore, or whatever age you do that at. <laughs> So uh, yeah, no, that was interesting. Got to be one of those episodes. It is. It is, it is. Drive, drive it on. What have you got news this week? And we, we bring it back professional. Um, so, <laughs> so Google have um, enhanced their partnership with uh, Shopify, which I think is quite interesting. Um, so Shopify currently have around 1.7 million merchants on their platform. People who don't know, Shopify is back-end e-commerce provider basically really really um a lot better at i think than woocommerce and all those a lot more user-friendly a lot more analytical capability and reporting functionality in particular and as well as that too it's um and i don't know this because i'm not a designer but a lot of designers who i would talk to say it's, it's easier to build on you have a lot more flexibility in terms of what your output is and what your website um looks like at the end of it basically um but in a nutshell, they're after unveiling what, uh, or Google are after unveiling what they call a shopping graph technology, which basically uses artificial intelligence to monitor the flux of products, sellers, brands, and reviews and inventory information on a site, as well as makes insight related to the data in and of itself. And I suppose this is something that you would kind of constantly talk about, where there's been a huge reliance in recent years of using the Facebook Pixel to retarget consumers based on their activity on social media now as apple has started to curb yeah. our ability to target ios users in particular it goes back to what's the comment that you make to my students that why is all saying i'm glad you, you listened i do i listen sometimes um or is it the don't build your house on rented ground yeah exactly so you don't own your social media platform yeah. as you own your website we so talk about uh, yeah. mark zuckerberg we talk about any of them that they could just pull the plug in the morning if they took a notion um, or, or in this particular case Tim Cook pulling the life support on Facebook in many yeah, ways the internet will be broken uh, basically yeah so like if you think about it in, in that kind of simplistic terms whatever happens their businesses they can shut yes obviously look your your whatever you're hosting your emails or websites these can shut down as well but just emails are more secure so that was kind of the point is that you, you own your website you own your emails you own your email database you don't really own your Facebook page or instagram page and all these can can go they can be hacked they, something can go wrong a lot high return on investment as well with yeah emails. exactly so so you can target a little bit more with those obviously look, the whole thing of we we dealt with the whole thing of gdpr a couple of years ago and you own a lot of um drop off rates and databases and stuff like that but i think look realistically it wasn't the worst thing in the world because it just won it gave companies a chance to to put a bit more campaign out there to build them back up again and they were a bit more cautious but also it left 
true followers sometimes in a sense you know got rid of a lot of spammy stuff but a lot of companies still in my experience anyway American companies in particular now I know that like they have to comply with GDPR they're operating in Europe yeah. but a lot of them because they weren't in, in Europe as such and paying attention to the amount of stuff that I've signed up to that I've unsubscribed but I'm still getting spammed from is mm. absolutely ridiculous like you know but I think it's an interesting point because especially now like I'd work with a number of clients and we've seen a decline in conversions via Facebook advertising just even the last two weeks I know that's not a great barometer for how things are going to go or how things are going to work but just in the immediacy it's becoming a bit more difficult to use that platform so this idea of Google which is again the world's biggest advertising platform partnering with Shopify to enhance that advertising capability is going to be very very interesting and even the the Facebook integrations with Shopify are terrible like they're, they're, they're very very weak in comparison to Facebook's ad platform in and of itself so this idea of enabling marketers <clears throat> and you will notice listeners that I have a very very harsh throat at the moment um, <laughs> but the um, the idea of you having the ability to target your users who operate on your website is really really important I think no definitely look Shopify is, is a huge platform we use it and work and um, as you said there's loads of capabilities in the back end of it um, I don't know about the, as you said the kind of the whole design element of it like you know it's kind of like and you kind of pick your team but obviously there's you know you can code in stuff and all on top of it but great platform and anyone that's going down the route of selling online definitely looking at it 100% um, and even little other things that with this Google technology is going to be very very interesting in terms of the way SEO is going to change mm-hmm. so Google after again based on AI whereby if you take a photo of something or you watch a video or you do whatever, you can now upload that to Google and it will search for e-commerce sites that sell the items in the photograph, which again is very, very... Because I'd often... Let's say if I was browsing on a... I I don't know what I'd be browsing, but let's say I was browsing on um, YouTube or something. I might screenshot something and then totally forget about it. The idea that that now is logged in Google and they give you a list of sites is kind of interesting. It's a different way of doing it. Now, gives a lot more power to Google, which isn't necessarily something that we want, but ultimately it's an interesting... It's all well and good, all these updates and things coming in. And, you know, we talk about as much as we can here, but the thing is, if businesses, like you might, like a business might have their, you know, their, their, their platform, their Shopify account or whatever, Facebook store, but unless they're keeping up with all these changes and you know making the little um, adaptations to, to keep up with the, with the way things are going, they're going to be left behind. You know they're they're not they're they're not going to uh, reap the rewards of these apps or these updates coming out. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean that's where the and that's where it is tough for businesses, right? Because it's not their job to keep up with changing technology. Like even like if you're I think to it run, is, though. like if that if you're if that's your you know if you're running a business and you're running the business online, you need to be on top of it there's no point as we always talk there's no oh, point no it is but I mean that's like saying that if you're running a business you need to be up to date on being an accountant like do you know what I mean you need to you need to be able to read numbers you need to be able to but you're not preparing the accounts yeah. like the idea of expecting a small business owner to understand the in-depths of search engine optimization is I think not the in-depths but, but be able to keep up with what can make a bit of bang for his buck, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. No, you need to. Yeah, you need to know where things are going, trends yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. No. Um. This week for myself, I was. Just oh, really you did research, did you? I Fair did, play. I have one. In, be- <laughs> in, be- in between his other podcast and caring for his dogs, he does a bit of research every now and then. Go on. What have you got for me? Um. It was more so down the. We were talking about social media. There, it's more so down that route. So that there was the independent.co.uk had an article out that more than half of UK businesses don't use social media to promote themselves no surprise there um, it's not really and I suppose when you kind of dig down you start thinking about you know your corner shops or your you know it's it's a lot of it's a it's a big umbrella when you just say businesses you know 
So, but um, but it's just interesting that there is so many businesses out there that don't touch off it, you know, and don't think they need to even sometimes, you know. I'd say there's a lot of losing out, but I'd also say there's a lot of businesses using social media where it's completely useless for them. True. Again, corner shops, some takeaways. Like, unless you have, and I know we do the classic, everyone's got a story to tell. Yeah, but like, a lot of stories are pretty bloody boring, like, (laughs) you know. So, no, there's some, look, if, if if your whole strategy is based on footfall, you're positioned in a place where people go after, let's say your takeaway outside a certain nightclub or something like that. Yeah, you can do promotions and stuff like that and maybe a little bit of advertising will drive a little bit of traffic. But ultimately, if you're on Just Eat Deliveroo Uber Eats and they're doing all the promotion for you yeah. and then you've got your footfall, you don't need to be on social media. You know, I, I think but that's... the thing is, when, when from dealing with those kind of platforms like Deliveroo or whatever, you have to... You, they won't touch you unless you give them some sort of a discount or deal you know they're not just going to promote you so it's, it's actually going to in a sense it's going to cost you money to advertise with those as well oh it does but I mean it's it's the, it's the classic okay I go to Just Eat and I give them a bit of a discount and they are going to advertise me versus me trying to build up a social media following and we yeah. both know how hard that is to do so again I think there's a lot of um, look, there's a lot of emphasis placed on everyone needs to be on social media no you need to have a strategy and you need to use the tools that are going to work best for you and that may not involve social media it was interesting when they broke down. So there was about f- they studied about five hundred uh, small to medium sized organizations. It was oh, done by. It's not a big sample, is it? In fairness, in the UK, no, it's not. But it was done by Adzuma, who's a digital marketing platform, and their Rob Wass, who's their I think it's Wass is his name, is their director and co-founder. And he basically said that we're currently experiencing digital transformation like no other. Therefore, digital marketing and online advertising is more oh, important yeah, than ever, and we've experienced a global pandemic. And it's becoming significant, significantly more important for businesses to move online. Like we've talked about that a lot over the last since we started this. Re- like realistically, our first couple of episodes were all about that about businesses transitioning online, preparing to go online due to the pandemic and stuff. I and hate, I hate that phrase. Go on, what? The digital transformation is as expedited to a level that we've never seen before. It is just, <laughs> it's like, duh. It's like I said it to, like I, um, I say it to my students. I give them an essay every, every year. It's, a, it's a crit- critical, um, a critical uh, ma- marketing essay, crit- critiquing the role of uh, digital media in society. And I say, whatever you do. Do not start off your essay with the internet has been incredibly impactful on X, Y, and like, <laughs> stop. Like, I know. I've been oh, sitting yeah, and like, yeah. just tell me something interesting. Don't be telling me about the invention of the fucking internet. Like, do you know what I mean? But anyway, hi, students. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, and they listen, to be fair. But no, it, like, it, it, it is a point. I, like, these. Like, can we talk about something specific and yeah. not generalize everything where it's so meaningless? Well, it is. Like, we're breaking down the stats they had. I was just. Going down the platforms, which is something we've talked about, it's six and ten don't use Facebook, okay. Four and ten don't use Instagram. Two and ten uh, will only post on LinkedIn. Two and ten only use LinkedIn. You know, which I'm fine, I'm fine. really enjoying LinkedIn at the moment because I think it actually, if you start building it, I think more so than the other ones. But if you start being consistent on LinkedIn, it's actually doing. No, obviously it depends. Is your audience on LinkedIn? You know, we've talked about that before, but. I think LinkedIn, if you're a bit consistent on LinkedIn, you can build up a decent bit of a following. Oh, no, the algorithm is quite positive. It's quite favourable. Yeah, I agree. But you just don't like Ant and the Microsoft you're doing at the moment. Oh, fucking Microsoft. I swear to God. Like, Teams. <laughs> my God. Burn it to the ground. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on and Zoom is And Zoom is going to go, like... What do you mean it's going to go? Zoom's going to go. Zoom can't survive that ecosystem. They're going up against Microsoft and they're going up against Google. They get annihilated well, in that ecosystem. we've talked about here... Zoom, like so, I don't think many people because they they don't have the need for it, um, are paying for Zoom. 
So obviously they're relying obviously to stay as a business mm. on money, which they're yeah. not getting. Whereas Microsoft can piggyback on the other stuff or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah not, exactly. It's not their sole it's, it's income. It's the portfolio, like yeah. that's what it is. Um, but Zoom, as we've talked about before, it's become its own coin and phrase, kind of that you know. That's gonna go as soon as as soon as the pandemic. So gets, uh, and it's a bit. And by the way, it's the best video platform by a distance. Okay, maybe they won't go, but their valuation at the moment is way too high. They're gonna collapse, or they're gonna get bought by Google or something like that. There is no way they can survive in an ecosystem where there's so many free video platforms. Um, and all the rest of it how did we get on from talking about corner shops to talking about zoom being bought by microsoft we're all over the place tonight we are all over the fucking place it's one of those nights drive it on there what else have you got um ironically enough so um moving on so l'oreal so didn't say that no it would have been a good segue go on l'oreal professional have launched a new seven episode online video series called and my french is amazing Run Le Hair Show, I presume is how you, sound, you, you sound more like your your brog for for TG Carrot to say that again there. Run Le Hair Show, <laughs> but um, basically it's an episode that runs for thirty to forty five minutes on YouTube. It's available in six languages, um, and it's going to be especially impactful or it's targeted towards Gen Z uh, consumers, um, who according to Cantor uh, consumer study from two thousand and uh, from twenty twenty. Uh, 44% of whom make a purchase decision based on a recommendation from an influencer now again that's a generic stat that basically means nothing because you know you're not influenced by buying bread long form content long form content yeah based on the the cultural impact of um, I think it's hair stylists or sorry hairdressing um, in terms of pop culture and stuff like that which for me as someone who doesn't have any hair is utterly pointless but in terms of but again I'm sure there's many people out there that I'm, might I'm, sure, I'm sure there's many people out there that will but I mean no it go, but it goes back to what we've been saying for a while in that the future of advertising and marketing as there's been a growth in ad blockers as people mm. start blocking Facebook ads as people can kind of disconnect from advertising advertising needs to be embedded within pop culture Netflix Prime People need to looking at the platforms where people are consuming. Content. Exactly, but it's not even it's but but it's it's not only get advertising or or creating content on those platforms. It's creating what I would call searchable content. So people watch your content and then they come back because they want to see more of it because yeah. they enjoy the content, not because it found them because of an ad or something. Now, again, a mix of all different types. We spoke we spoke about this before, but I think it's interesting to see L'Oreal invest what's probably millions mm. in a in a series like this, which is again is more kind of documentary based. Um, looking at again the role of kind of hairdressing in terms of its cultural impact. So. Um, I think an interesting trend and again I think this is where I really think this is where marketing is gonna people who get this right will be the dominant brands for the next 20 years I really think that any brand who can crack the Netflix code shall we say which is long form and really impact upon consumers those guys are gonna win as far as I'm concerned and where did you say they're hosting it? YouTube YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like I actually surprisingly I put um for, for work I actually put videos on YouTube recently uh, short form like only you know your 10 second kind of story kind of on content YouTube yeah put it up on YouTube the reason why is we wanted to embed it into an email marketing campaign oh yeah I put it up and I think they're doing a bit of a, a feature on shorts you know they are no YouTube sh- are moving into short form content within yeah. which no, is no, no push no nothing a little, a little video that went up gosh within two days about seven eight hundred views 
yeah, which is impressive. phenomenal for for the the audience that we have on YouTube, which yeah, yeah. is not really used very much. So I do think YouTube is um is definitely a platform that's underutilized. And it's, you know, we talked before about the whole it's in the Google ecosystem, so it's it's um it's it can be linked to so many different places. It and is another and thing, though. Why can't Google? Why That's can't they work for you? Stick, Everything why can't work. they just stick to long form content? Stop trying to be TikTok. Don't stop. They TikTok. are. That's what they're doing. TikTok short form content, Instagram stories, Twitter, and you've got the what is it? Facebook. Real. Which one is Reels? Reels like, is Instagram. Reels is Instagram. Like just stop. It's great that the digital marketing director had to ask me there. Stick to watch. You're good. I swear to God. But there's so many of them. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. Just they're all research for they're work. All, they're all stories to me. It is. No, look, they're all they're all copycats. Um, like TikTok really is the only one that, uh, to me, in the last couple of years has outshone a lot since oh, since Snapchat. Like, you oh, know. it's brilliant. It's, um, it's the best platform of all time. So actually, someone said to me during the week, I can't remember who it was. They said, um, "Have you got Viber?" And I was like, "That was your one from the post office, was it?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll ring you on Viber. I'll send you a send me up me stamps and then send me a fucking um. No, I can't the, Send me a Tumblr afterwards. Tumblr. I haven't heard of um. I haven't heard of someone saying about Viber. Like that seems to be totally gone. Like it's amazing when you well, think it has it's, to be these platforms. They're still going. How they're making money. How they're even of users. I don't know. But uh, like WhatsApp just blew them out of the water. Really. Yeah, I was going to be interested to see what Bebo does. Is that still going? Is it Bebo? Well, as in the, the comeback. Did they come oh, back come, yet? Oh, no. They haven't, they're, so my understanding is that they're inviting people on slowly because I've heard a few people kind of saying, elite, oh, yeah, I got elite I got members. Elite so. members, yeah, we haven't been invited on yet, unsurprisingly. No. If anyone wants to invite us on to the we'll oh, give you a little love. Back, yeah, we'll give you, yeah, it could be, what was it, your top 16? I think you could choose or something, couldn't you? Maybe the widget. Top, yeah, I can't remember. Fucking hell. Oh, if there was anything, yeah. Choose your yeah. skin. To be fair, I, like... I criticise bloody Facebook for being bad to young people. Can you imagine the absolute pressure of having to pick your top 16? <laughs> my God. In Who's going to be not in today's world? Like, oh my God. Be fun challenge. I actually put up, um, we talked, was it last week? We, we, we talked about, uh, would you pay for Twitter? Um, you know, the ah, whole thing a couple of weeks ago, anyway, Twitter so. Blue, I think is what they're calling it. So yeah, basically yeah. you can pay, I think it was something, something small like two, three, four, I think they're dollars or whatever uh, a month uh, to try and pay for it. You said you'd pay for it, didn't you? Every day, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, no, no, I pay for it if they did certain things with the platform. Yeah, yeah. Got rid of the anonymous accounts, all that kind of stuff. Cleaned it up, basically. Yeah. Um, I put it up on our on our stories, actually, um, as a little poll. And I think 90, f- we'll just say so, at the moment there, it's around 90% of people said, they wouldn't pay for Twitter. And that goes back to what I always say in that the customer is never right. <laughs> well, I think we, I said it to you before we, we started recording you said put up um, what did you say? Put oh, up? Yeah, put up would they pay for social media yeah. and you get to say oh no I wouldn't pay for social media. So you're saying that if every social media started, account started charging you you, you disconnect one, like one. you disconnect. Sure, you used to have to pay for it. Wasn't it one cent or something you had to pay for WhatsApp or something when you first got a euro or something. Ah, you didn't. There was, there was something yeah. about, maybe Don't that was Weber. Yeah, no, that's that was, why I don't use Viber. That was that was your own, yeah, no. Um, but that's interesting. We put that one up now. But would you pay for social media? And if so, but again, which it's, ones? but it's too, but it's too broad. It's too generic, right? If I, like Twitter's a cesspit, right? All social media platforms are. A that's what cesspit. makes Twitter fun. No, but ah, uh, no, but it gets like I mean, it's a cesspit in terms of people just giving out for no reason. Well, you were like, giving out during the week. You were rattling feathers during the week. I was what? Yeah, you were you were rattling feathers. What did I do during the week? No, you shared something there. You went on a bit of a rant on something there during the week. What was that about? Was it that was me giving out about the Irish Independent? Oh, go on. I was allowed to do that. You give out on this platform. So so basically, some a journalist um, 
that won't be named sent out and I don't know what her name was um, sent out um, an article basically saying that um, acts such as uh, Blind Boy member of the Rubber oh, Bandits, Bandits yeah. shouldn't be commenting on issues around kind of mental health, mental health and stuff like that on the basis that they are not qualified to speak about these things now to be fair I have come I have said on this um, on this podcast and I've said it in my lectures and stuff like that that there does need to be some sort of verification in terms of what people are allowed to speak about and stuff like that however there is a point whereby if you want ideas to spread mm. and you want culture to shift and you want culture to change then you need people who are very very powerful communicators to basically spread particular new ideas and diffuse ideas basically in messages and that's exactly what Blind Boy does because he communicates issues around mental health in a way that really, really resonates with his audience that people can unpack, they can understand. And he never claims to be a social media advocate. It's not like Gemma O'Doherty going, oh, it's raining acid kind of a thing. And I'm yeah, an expert yeah. in this particular area. He always says, no, I'm just speaking from my own experiences. And he's also got qualific- some qualifications in the air and he's also... Um, I think his degree was in um, uh, critical sociology or something like that. So he looks at things from a particular lens or a particular perspective, which he's absolutely allowed to do. But the point is, is that if you only let academics, for example, talk about particular issues in a particular way, then no ideas are going to manifest themselves in society because we don't communicate things in a certain way, which the public is going to engage with. So I give this example to my students every year. Um... I show them two ads. One of them is from the HSE and it's about testicular cancer, basically aimed at 18 to 25 year olds. Check yourself, the usual the usual kind of story. One of them is a HSE ad. You know what the HSE ad is going to look like. Loads of text, loads of information. Um, very, very undigestible. You're not going to engage with that content. Then I show them another piece of content, which is Deadpool, basically making a song and a dance about... Um, Checking, fucking checking your balls basically yeah, yeah. and it's humorous and people are going to engage with that because it's spoken to the audience that actually wants to consume it and the exact same thing is, is important here people like blind boy act as cultural intermediaries for the rest of us and that can be dangerous because you've got people like Trump who act yeah. in a similar way because they've got the public um, they've got the public voice but the article was just dismissing what he does entirely which is unfair I think you need to if we're going to have a proper conversation around how we speak about things like mental health or any kind of any issue like that within society then you need to look at okay where the expert opinion comes from but then also how do these ideas actually are actually communicated and absorbed by people and understood by people that's a real conversation not just yeah, he's I not a medical expert therefore he doesn't have the authority to talk about it that's the important thing I think like look all for everyone speaking their mind and you know and as you said he speaks on what he calls just his personal experiences not so much uh, an education or, or a, a long you know he's not been working that career for years he hasn't got a that. doctorate in no. mental health yeah exactly um, but but as you said it's the people then that follow is the big issue Do you know they're taking sometimes they're taking what these people say as gospel we'll say so like some we go down the route the influencers you know they're speaking on yes some of them are just speaking on lifestyle and fashion or whatever but you've seen a lot of them recently especially since covid delving into the whole area of mental health and that is dangerous yeah no again it depends on and this comes back to the the, the individual who's consuming the information right you need to be able to distance yourself from what you're consuming but the problem from. is a lot of people are not clued in like we would be because we're 
working in this area. You clued in, are you? No, I wasn't there. Thanks for calling me out. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of young people coming on social, and we've talked about the whole idea of Instagram for kids and all these kind of stuff. They're being consumed and just lost in this world. And if they don't, you know, they're not clued in, so they're not, you know, they're not uh, really thinking about what they're being told. And literally, someone's on the screen. It's like watching someone back in the late late show years ago. They're on the telly. They must be credible. Yeah, yeah, but again, but again, that comes. They have down, a few thousand but, followers. They must be credible. But that again comes down to the 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 how could I call it? Almost the 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 lens at which you're through which you're communicating stuff. And again, it goes back to um, blind boy doesn't say that I am a mental health yes. advocate, but whereas other people, people do. do, and that's and that is an issue yes. because then you're talking about things that you don't know about. Yeah. Um, it's like people talking about like bring it back. Forget about mental health because. Um, it's it's a it's a more complex topic. Let's bring it back to the vaccine, anti-vax, for example. Mm. That kind of stuff. That stuff's very dangerous. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so like, no, there's um, it, it's an interesting debate. But I suppose my my main point here, without getting into nuts and bolts of it, is that by just crudely saying that this person, because they are not or they don't have a PhD or they're not a doctor in this, means that they cannot speak about it it kind of dumbs down the conversation too much mm-hmm. when these people do have a really, really important role in the dissemination of, you can call it knowledge, you can call it opinion, you can call it whatever it is. But like, if you take, um, for blood, like Brezzy, for example, Brezzy, was was, thinking Brezzy it, yeah. put um, mental health on the map. He has no authority to be talking about that stuff. If you are to put that sort of barometer on him that you need to have X amount of qualifications. You know what I mean? So again, it dumbs down the argument too much to say you need to have this level of qualification to talk about this stuff. But even with um with the with um the rubber bandits uh, podcast, often what he'll do is he'll get in experts yes. and they'll actually have a discussion about it. So he's disseminating because people can understand him and he's decrypting the person yeah. that he's interviewing he's, he's, and he's he brings out, and it's, down, a great, yeah. it's a great it's a great it's a great um some of those interviews are great and even um there's other people who do a great... Tommy Tiernan, another great example of someone who isn't qualified to speak about anything, really, in terms of, like, his... Like, his um, he, like he's not... He's, in terms of his qualifications yeah. or anything like that, but is really, really good at interviewing someone who does know a lot of things, unpacking yeah. it, and really bringing out the communication for people. I think that, that's really important to bear in mind. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's, it's, it's very, very important that... Like, we talked about here, we had the whole thing last week about messing about the vaccinate Facebook... It is something that's going to have to be really, really looked at because it is starting to get dangerous. Um, in terms of people with huge followings twisting people's minds sometimes. Oh, people um, are warped. Yeah. Elon Musk. I saw there was a lot of. I was scrolling through TikTok there during the week. The amount of people, fucking in tears. I trusted Elon Musk. He <laughs> said Dogecoin was the next big thing, and then he ditched it, and now I've lost all my savings. Yeah. And I'm like, at one point, I'm kind of like, you're a fucking moron. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well. He's the richest man in the world. It's going in a certain direction. You're hearing all of this stuff. If you're not... And again, people are addicts as well, right? To gambling, essentially, which is all it is. Popped in there we haven't talked about in a few weeks, but it's not just in the mental health. It's actually probably in... You know, you'd have people in the business world talking about it as well, but um, Mr. Vaynerchuk popped into my head there when you're talking about, like, you know... Hustle porn. What? Hustle porn. Hustle porn. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Don't sleep. Don't sleep and you will be successful. Do it. Don't listen to your parents. Uh, But the whole idea of literally that of, you know, of course you can set up a business. Of course you can do that. Of course you can do that. Just go and do it. Like, you you can't because a lot of people aren't capable of that. But that's the thing. That's another form of, look, some of the stuff he says, like coming from Aeropoint, if you actually break down what he's saying, yes, it's good. I just don't like the way he says it. But if, 
in our area, like, you know, people that are going into business that, you know, get word of, oh, follow this guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. He's warping a lot of heads in the wrong mindset, I suppose, to actually gear them up to work in the business world. Yeah, like, I had a big issue with, like, I had a big issue with a lot of stuff he was saying. Now, obviously, I've got my bias in that I teach in a university, but his big thing for a long time was you do not need to go to college yeah. to get a business education and everything needs to be based on practical skills and so on and so forth. And that is someone who okay he's speaking from his experience which he's absolutely entitled to he yeah. didn't finish um, didn't finish school whatever the story was and he became a multi-millionaire that's fine he's a dime a dozen presume that you are not going to drop out of school and become a multi-millionaire because and that it, doesn't it, happen to people a 3 million business from his fire to turn into a 50 million business when the internet started like you know that was to be fair everything, he did a very good job he did a really really good job I wouldn't, cr- I, w- I, I wouldn't criticise him for that but I think I know he's at, to be fair he's after dumbing it down since where he's kind of after reframing that argument in terms of well college is good for some people that's like well yeah no shit sir Sherlock like I mean the universities obviously he wasn't getting paid to do too many college lectures oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I mean to be fair like like the universities were very bad at this and it wasn't just a university thing it was kind of a societal thing whereby you have to go to university yeah. to make it or whatever like I wouldn't believe I am firmly of the belief that a lot of people should not go to university if you want to become a chef then go and become a chef. Do you know what I mean? It, it's 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 up to you I, what your I talents are. I like are. the way you put it though. You put it before that, like if you go to college, yes, you might not learn everything you need for the real world, but it's the it's the the critical thinking that you know being a little bit more strategic and actually people, people don't reckon. And I like I I'd be the same. Like I came through my college, and you look back and go, oh, where when am I ever going to use that? But yeah. we can see it. You take an eighteen year old who comes in to do a commerce degree or a business studies degree. And you show me that student four years later mm. and there is no comparison in terms of confidence, communication skills, how they think about things, how they analyse, how they research, how they write. Um, now, people will turn around and they'll say, oh, well, I'm not an expert in fucking Facebook advertising. And I'm like, that's fine. If we spend four years telling you how to use Facebook advertising, then your university degree would be worthless after 12 months yeah. because the platform changes. So you're almost in many ways learning how to learn if that makes yeah, any sense yeah. and you're learning how to strategize and learning about you know, the business acumen and so on and so forth without going into it but I think the and again how did we get onto this conversation no. from talking about Blythe this is a catastrophe we need to <laughs> we, need, we need a producer who says no you're talking about this today press the button yeah, exactly yeah but um but if no, any, if anyone wants to apply for the role, if anyone wants to apply for the role, it's it's unpaid. Looks good um, on the CV. Looks good on the CV. Yeah, you must have five years experience straight out of college. We give you a five years experience straight out of college. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, graduate salary, no possibility of improvement. Commission based, even though there's no sales involved. Um, graphic design, email marketing, and preferably Python coding experience. And a full driving license. And a full clean driving license as well. But the um, um, but no, look. Ultimately, it, it's I. And again, I think if you listen to all of, like, you listen to all of Vaynerchuk's vlogs, for example, yeah. if you combine them all together, his point actually probably makes sense. You combine everything that he's saying. The problem is that people don't consume all of that; they consume the snippets. Yes, which and is what he's constantly putting out. And you're and you're led in a certain direction. But again, there is, like, you can There is a certain impetus on the individual here as well. Like, I mean, you can't just follow false icons either in terms of what they're saying do you know what I mean like what the hell are people listening to us for like for god's God sake knows. Yeah. God knows. anyway talking about listening to us any other news um oh we're not done yet <laughs> <laughs> right. um 
So uh, one, I suppose, that came up uh, this week was obviously the hackers demanding $20 million from the HSE after their systems were... $20 million? Is it dollars, is it? $20 million. I looked at the internet before I came on here and it said dollars. <laughs> Could be euros. Could be. Um, not good luck to Not them. including that. <laughs> yeah. With the HSE, they'd be a long time getting out. Stop, <laughs> But it's actually... I've, al- I've always said this, like, in a... In an apocalyptic future, regardless of this, and it's terrible because people they can't get um, appointments and all the rest of it. It's, it's terrible, especially in the middle of a fucking pandemic. But I think it's quite fascinating the reaction to something like a hack. Like something like medical information is very, very sensitive. Mm. And if certain people's medical information did get released into the internet, what actually happens? You know what I mean? Now, I know there's an injunction whereby the media aren't allowed to share it and spread yeah. it, which then comes back to your Twitter and your Facebook do they stop people sharing it as well? And that's really, really interesting because if you can imagine, and okay, the, the HSE is is a, re, is a really extreme example because it is concerning people's health and someone's health is something that is incredibly private to them. So the fact that this data can just be released in terms of, you know, what medication you're on, what illnesses you have, you know, whatever, there's yeah. loads of things that could be concerned there is really, really kind of worrying. But then there's kind of the... And I remember having this conversation with someone ages ago, and it's a bit abstract now, but what happened? Like, how does society react in a scenario whereby Facebook is hacked, all your private messages end up on online? How do people react? Is there a societal contract, socially constructed, that we make between all of us going, <laughs> no one's going to look at it? Last week we had vaccinate Facebook, now we have what? Secure Facebook. <laughs> Secure fucking lock them off. Delete it, delete Facebook. Um, but in that scenario, like what, like how do people, like do people digging, go digging around their ex's fucking messages yeah. or their buddies or do all this kind of stuff? Like how does society react to a scenario where you can get information about someone? I, I'd be interested to uh, to ask people, are they, would they be more interested or would they be more fearful of their medical records getting out or their Facebook messages or you know oh that's a good question oh good that's fair. a good question medical records for we'll me anyway up, we'll medical that's a, that's an inch people are going to be looking at this going what were they talking about <laughs> I must listen, listen, listen I must listen yeah that is that, it that is interesting that mm. is that is an interest that is fascinating I can imagine the majority of people would rather their health records, their health records released, released. Yeah, yeah, absolutely definitely if you definitely. saw the, the director of corporate enforcement would be up and down yeah. every single person oh that would be it's very yeah. interesting but it, go, but it just goes to show you like and okay we all the stories about you know them using Microsoft XP and others regardless of that like this stuff can happen like Sony oh. got hacked a number of years ago information can get hit it's just a case of how much of it is encrypted how much of it can be associated with someone else and stuff like that but uh, I, f- I don't find the hacking stuff very very interesting because I don't know enough about it but what I find interesting is the societal reaction to yeah. a hack and how do people how does people behaviour possibly well, change has, or whatever like to me I haven't heard anyone talking about it in terms of a worrying way it's more so it's a pain in the arse having to deal with the HSE at the moment do you know it, it? Not many people are up in arms going, please don't. But that's because it's not. It's not really happened before. That's the thing. Mm. It's not like like there hasn't been a situation in Ireland really where like okay, names and addresses, fine. Bit yeah, worrying. Fine. You get like, all. You know, but when it's Ireland, you care, and it's like. something, yeah. When it's you and something, when it's you and something, else, that's the kind of thing that I think would worry people. I think they released some data of people just proved that they had it. I think everyone on that list was already dead. I think just to prove, just to prove that they had the data more so yeah. than anything else. So. But if they were to say, oh yeah, we're going to release the data of everyone under the age of 25 next week, 
then would there be a panic do you know and then it's how do you act it's like the, the vaccination rollout we'll do this week we'll do 25 yeah. to 35 and then it's how do people access how do people access it like if they release that yeah. on dark web or they release on a website newspapers aren't allowed to publish it yeah. facebook ban the it. then you have to go and actually access it and then our people if people don't know how to access it all that type of stuff so again i think that whole area of the reacting stuff is quite interesting do keep you busy for a couple of months you will yeah I think what's also scary is the fact that they actually said this came from one computer. I think I I read somewhere that that's this always is the way though with these things. Like so, every every computer, every network is linked. Like you yeah. know, so you get in one, you get in one door. That's mm. it. Like you know, yeah. and it's very easy to do as well. Like I do, like I'd have it quite often with them. Um, You'd obviously have a lot of security with your job, like oh, we would, yeah. But I mean, like, but in terms of getting access to, like, my email is readily available on the university website. Yeah. Um, like, is it that difficult for somebody? To don't be given uh, ideas now for some of the hack if the hack if the hackers <laughs> have not thought of this already and they're not very good hackers but like I mean this idea of like the publisher apply, uh, apply, let's say um, I want I want advice on whether I should do this program or not mm. I've attached my CV mm. do you know yeah is it no, is, is it that anyway. is it that is it that simple? Now obviously there's virus protection and there's yeah. all that kind of stuff as well but ultimately if you can get to source very very easy for people to open emails like you yeah. know see what rolls out in the next couple of weeks see if someone gets their uh, it's like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers their 20 million dollars or oh, 20 million <laughs> well they've said that they won't anyway I think that's the right that is the right thing to be honest with you because I think there's a stat out there that in 92% of cases where the ransom is paid the data isn't actually returned anyway of course so it's not like it's digital it's not it's not like it's going the hackers to be, not be nice i'll post they it not to be you high snacker <laughs> would they not do a thing where um you leave a you leave a review on them afterwards on trust pilot well done, they were five great star bunch hackers to deal with. great bunch to deal with gave us our data back no matters at all very good and as exciting for me exciting not so much um but the like everything we talk about really yeah um but I think, again, trends in markets and stuff like that and just me looking and going, oh, lads, what are you doing? But uh, AB InBev, who obviously um, Sorry, own... What? Who? InBev. All right, okay. So they so own so Budweiser. A couple of letters there thrown together. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, I actually Bud- thought you messed up Airbnb. No, 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 no. We spoke <laughs> with them last week. But um, they have released a Bud Light seltzer. Can't wait to try it. Can't you? Bud Fruity flavour? rotten. Bud As opposed to... Oh, no, this is, oh, this is a seltzer. It must be Posh. good. It must be good. It's alcoholic water yeah. is all it freaking is. Yeah. Um, I tried to sell it. I tried a brew dog one actually and yeah. I was like, what is the point it's of this? This is, it's sparkling alcohol or... water. Um, you'd rather drink, you'd rather drink the toilet duct. I actually seen, I seen the branding for it. Um, totally, you know, it's not what you'd expect from Budweiser. Like it's totally different. Like oh, it's kind it's of very clean and fresh and, you know, but it actually reminded me of their old cans they're all brand oh the, sil- the, the silver and the red the silver yeah, yeah, yeah. it reminded me like as if they were going back to that interesting that's what it reminded me of yeah but uh, yeah look all the alcohol brands are being innovative at the moment so they are but what's interesting is Nielsen actually released that saying that um, they are forecasting that that particular product category in the UK is going to grow from 5.6 million um, pounds in 2020 to over 600 million pounds in the next four years which to me seems insane so that's the next trend they're saying basically yeah like are people people gone that soft I don't <laughs> hope you're not insulting anyone now. I, oh I sorry for insulting you for drinking your seltzer and get an umbrella in your drink whilst you're at it like <laughs> 
it's, no, like, I, it's like the thing I, I think I fucking told this story a couple of um, a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was very very funny. I'll tell it again. Um, so um, around the time the UK opened up, um, the pubs there a number of weeks ago. They're a bit ahead of us. Um, but there was an image went up online of a bloke um, and all his mates, and um, they all had pints. And one of the lads had a strawberry daiquiri with mm. fucking stuff sticking up all over the place, um, as a strawberry daiquiri is lovely strawberry daiquiri. And some woman, of course, came in and said, oh, you bloody pansy fairy, blah, blah, blah. Of course, if it was the other way around, there'd be unholy yeah. war. But the amount of big burly men on Twitter that started replying to you and go, you enjoy your strawberry daiquiri, <laughs> son. You enjoy that. your strawberry daiquiri. I thought it was very yeah. funny. That was yeah. brilliant. No, I, I cannot wait for... Um, I think it's called a Treasure Island or something. It's from a, it's from a, it's from a Clancy's there in Cork City. It's beautiful. It's the fruitiest drink of all time, full of alcohol. It's brilliant. Umbrellas everywhere. Like, oh, it's superb. Look at that picture. I've been <laughs> locked in, locked north for 15 months. Like, 15 months I've been waiting for a cocktail in a glass. Very good. Not very a fucking Parrot Bay fucking squeezy bottle. Squeezy one, yeah. Squeezy packets of cocktails. I've never, for the record, I've never had Parrot Bay squeezy fucking cocktails. <laughs> I think it's interesting actually to follow the seltzer thing. Like, I, I, I always enjoy watching the drinks and the trends. So like, um, like we had the whole whiskey thing. Obviously, we're coming out now of the gin, and maybe seltzer now is the next one to kind of watch. But I presume, and I don't know this, I'm guessing, but I presume the seltzer one is very much um, gauged towards the fitness, health, well being. Possibly, yeah. Because I presume actually, um, again, if it's alcoholic water, I presume it doesn't have that many calories. I haven't tried it, but there has been that that brand has been fairly um, prominent there in the last couple of months uh, is a uh, something called White Claw is it? White Claw yeah White Claw I haven't have you tried it? I haven't tried it um, I think I may have and it was awful yeah. I've seen a lot of the, the kind of we'll say influencers kind of getting obviously free promotion to try it out and promote okay. it but, the, but they're doing okay. um, they seem to be everywhere you know in a good way they're not too much in your face but they seem to be rolled it out fairly well so maybe that's not what well, i'm not sure what is that a seltzer is that well claw yeah it is yeah 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 so is, yeah, yeah maybe that's the next trend that's coming down the road ah uh, it's uh, no hopefully not hopefully one thing i've not. never seen in terms of trends of drinks i haven't personally noticed it but we haven't had a rum one yet you know there's been no real push ah rum. there was captain morgan there when you were young that was fella. just captain morgan yeah, that was yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there was no real um you know push on the rum category like you know so that might be something coming down the line do you know what there's only a few irish companies that actually make rum there's not too many of them yeah no that is interesting that is I, to be fair I've always wanted I've always loved to and I've never done it I've never worked with an alcohol brand as such but I've always liked to how can you change the culture around a particular drink another yeah. one actually that I always thought was fascinating was um, well nowadays you've got you go into a coffee shop and you've got frappuccino macchino macca whatever yeah. blend there's fucking you know chocolate and, yeah. and ice and there's all sorts going on there's never been a push for a kind of a, a gourmet or a kind of a craft kind of a tea, if that makes sense. And I thought that was always fascinating. What what makes a gourmet tea? I don't know, but like, you know, they know, but like, it's like, what well, what makes What's a gourmet coffee? Like, oh no, Barry's is amazing. But what I'm surprised by is that none of them have tried to create like a really premium or a different type of tea in that. But like, is, I know you've I, got all the flavoury tea and all the rest of, of it. Uh, there, is, there is a company up the country now, they're actually kind of doing, I can't think of what they're called now, but up, up in Ireland somewhere, they're doing a big push on retail at the moment, but they're they're a new tea brand basically kind of yeah. hitting the market. You know, it's not herbal tea or anything like that, it's, it's tea. So no, no, I don't know, I don't mean a herbal, I yeah. mean an actual <laughs> proper tea, like not a min. I thought, I, I swear to God, right? I went I went home to the, the family home a number of weeks ago. They let, the you back. they let me back, yeah. 
um, just for the returns. Yeah, I know. I swear to God, like this is now like I'm single Pringle living in my apartment. I've got berries and I've got coffee. I don't have herbal tea, so I boiled the kettle yeah. and I put it. I just grabbed the tea bag, as one does, put it in the in the in the cup, and I poured the hot water into the into into the cup. And I fucking roared at the parents going, who the fuck put Ribena in the kettle? Now, it wasn't someone put Ribena in the kettle. It was that I had put like a, a raspberry tea bag into the cup and I had no fucking idea. I was like, and I was there going like, who the fuck put Ribena in the fucking tea? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, I go, I leave for t- 10 months or whatever the story is and you're already... Standards changed. Oh, stop. But yeah, no, that was another... Uh, so yeah, yeah, what was I talking about? I don't know. Craft, a craft tea of some description. Yeah. Or a kind of a... Pr- no, craft, no. A premium tea. That's what I mean. Yeah, a premium... Gourmet tea. A gourmet tea. <laughs> it's, long, it's been a long week. There's an opening in the market there now and Dave is going to do uh, free marketing for a year if you're interested in... Gourmet going. tea. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll project, conquer, yeah. conquer the world. But it's like even the... But even the, the Frank and Anna stuff, like... Like, it's cheap. But they've tried to make it more premium, as opposed to the normal. Like you go into most garages and it's the fucking the pump, like with black coffee, basically. Well, like, Frank Lawrence is a Musgrave brand. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but no, they've tried to make it more premium. Is no, the point. well, well, like look, anybody's coming from a coffee company on this one. But um, what I liked about Frank Lawrence when it first hit the market was I actually thought they'd done a really, really good job, and I thought it was. It was almost like you know a local company was bought out and it was just pumped into all these retail. No, They've done a, a nice job. It's a really good project. Yeah, yeah. From a but branding I think now they've ruined it. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they're selling the cups. They're selling the. They're selling the takeaway uh, cups. But they're selling absolutely no, every. But hang on, but, it, but isn't that what every craft coffee company does, or a lot of them? No, but it's different to doing it themselves. The I fact walked that this into one the last day, and there was a coffee company selling hoodies. It was like you're selling fucking coffee. What are you sending me but, hoodie for? But inside in their own store. Oh yeah. 100%. Whereas this now was made look like an artisan coffee company was was put into retail basically. But next thing, all their it's being pumped out. Uh, but that's the point, right? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it look like no. A I craft think no, artisan. They went too far away. They made it too silly. Too I silly. don't know. I think they're I think they're doing well. I think I think they're doing very very well. Like I like if I'm if I'm looking for a coffee, I won't go for a Frank and Honest. But if I have a choice of a frank and honest, who or would you go for? The equivalent, huh? Who would you go for? Who'd I go? Careful now, you're. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We can't. There's sponsorship opportunities available for podcasts. Oh, so I can flog the brand. Yeah, yeah. There's only one getting it. Though. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, your coffee's lovely. You made oh. me a cup before we came on air. To be fair. There we go. We're on air, are we? Live on air. Live on air. <laughs> oh, would you wrap it up? Would you? It's been a long, horrible podcast. No structure. No production I value whatsoever. It. My throat is killing me. So we wrap it up with a couple of key lines. Don't deal with on post. If you're looking for a job uh, <laughs> producing a show, we're, we're interested in taking applications. Any company out there that wants to set up a gourmet tea brand, Dave is offering his consultancy premium, freeze. Premium tea. No, you said gourmet. Go- I, said <laughs> I like that one. And um, apart from that, we, we have a guest on next week, actually. Uh, that's the last key line, I suppose. God help him. <laughs> Ed Brewer from Barry's, is it? Ed Brewer from Barry's. Ed Brewer. Master, Master, Master Brewer. Brewer. Guys, thanks very much for listening. You can follow us oh, on social media God, and keep up to date. And we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Good luck.